What is it like to climb the highest mountain in the world? It's a question that Alison Levine brilliantly answers in her TED talk called Lessons from the Ledge. And I've shared some of her story before, but it's so fascinating. Alison Levine is an American mountaineer. She is a teacher with the U.S. Military Academy and is now a leadership consultant. She's completed the Adventure Grand Slam, which means that she has conquered all the highest mountains on every continent, and she's skied to both the North and the South Pole, which is pretty crazy. Her first attempt at scaling Mount Everest fell short by just a few hundred feet, but she returned to the mountain eight years later and finally made it to the summit. Well, in hearing her story, I am most fascinated by the route and the journey that it takes to climb the mountain, because it's not this nice, straight, linear line to get to the top. We think it might be. But it's not like you start with base camp and then you get to camp one and camp two and camp three and eventually get up to the summit. It's not nearly as easy or as straightforward as that. In fact, when you're on the mountain, there's a lot of going back and forth where you start at base camp and you make your way up to camp one and then you come all the way back down. And then you do that a few times and then you go base camp to camp one to camp two and all the way back down. And you keep doing that over and over again until finally that last little push to get up to the summit. Well, there's a reason for this forward and backward movement. And that process of going up and down the mountain actually builds your body up in strength and starts letting you become acclimatized to the atmospheric pressure. But as you can imagine, it is probably quite a bit frustrating and exhausting physically and psychologically. And then Levine goes on to make this brilliant observation. Listen to this. She said, even though at times you are going completely backwards, you are still making progress. Sometimes you need to go backwards in order to get eventually where you want to be. The reality is life doesn't move in this nice, orderly, straight, linear line. Because there are all sorts of moving pieces, broken pieces, unexpected moments in our life that cause us to have to change and adjust to what's going on around us. And as hard and as uncomfortable as it can be, it is the journey and the process that allows us to experience growth and transformation in our lives. Well, this morning we are continuing with our vision series. And as we began this new year, our leadership team felt it would be important to take some time to talk about what we believe as a church and what our vision is as 10th. And here's how we express it. We are a place where people from different backgrounds can discover Christ, a community of spiritual transformation that seeks social justice for all. If you were here with us last week, Pastor Ken kicked off the series and talked about that first part. He shared some of the story and the history of 10th Church, and if you weren't here last week, we'd encourage you to go back onto our website and listen to it. 10th UBC is one of five locations around the city, and so we are so blessed to be part of this church family. Pastor Ken talked about that first part of our desire to make Christ known to those people around us, and to also be a place where people, all of us, can begin taking steps towards Jesus. Well, this week, we're going to look at the second part and look at what it means to experience spiritual transformation in our lives and as a community. So let me begin with some imagery that the Apostle Paul gives us 
to describe the process and journey of spiritual transformation, of what it means to grow in our faith, what it means to reflect the life and love of Jesus. And he writes these words in Galatians. My dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again. And they will continue until Christ is fully formed and developed in your lives. And so Paul uses this pregnancy image to describe what spiritual transformation is like. So in other words, just as an embryo over time within the uterus begins developing and growing and eventually becomes a person, Paul says that spiritual transformation is the same and works in a similar way, where our connection, our relationship with Jesus begins inside of us, and his love, his life gets birthed and shaped and formed within us, and it begins to transform us. And so this morning, I just want to give three kind of big ideas about spiritual transformation. And here's the first one. Spiritual transformation is a journey and a process. Spiritual transformation takes time. It takes time to grow in our relationship with Jesus, to grow in our love for him, to reflect his life and character. It doesn't happen overnight. Spiritual transformation is not like instant oatmeal, where you just add a little bit of hot water and stir. No, it's spiritual transformation is like climbing from base camp to camp one, and then all the way back down before taking some other steps. It's not this straight linear path where if I can just add a little bit of knowledge or a bit of information, then suddenly I can become a fully formed follower of Jesus. Well, the reality is it takes time. It takes struggles. It takes mistakes. It takes learning to get us to where we need to be. And even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it seems like nothing is happening, we are still making progress. We are still growing because spiritual transformation takes time. I remember the first time that I began to catch a glimpse of what spiritual transformation in this process uh, looks like and that it takes time. I was about 13 or 14 years old. And I was racking my brain. I know that something had happened. I can't actually remember what. But I had done something that made me feel like I had blown it as a Christian. And I remember standing in front of the mirror and looking at myself full of guilt, full of disappointment, Maybe you've done the same thing before. And I'm standing there, and I'm thinking, I'm talking to myself, and said, you're not acting like a Christian. And immediately, I felt these words come back at me, which I now know to be the Holy Spirit. And he said, you're not supposed to act like a Christian. You're supposed to be one. It was a light bulb moment because I never thought of a faith journey in that way before. But I've thought a lot about it since and what it means. Because spiritual transformation isn't just about a series of actions that we do. It's about the process of who we are becoming. It's about being. And so for teenage me, it was about owning the moment, being present to the moment, knowing that I had made a mistake, and yet a mistake wasn't going to disqualify me from following Jesus. Instead, I could learn from it pick myself up and continue to move on in that growth. I've tried to live from that reality and truth since then, certainly not perfectly, but hopefully with some honesty. And I love how Father Richard Rohr puts it. He said, we do not think ourselves into new ways of living. We live ourselves into new ways of thinking. Isn't that good? 
We do not think ourselves into new ways of living. We live ourselves into new ways of thinking. Over the years, I've experienced a lot of this learning and unlearning process where I've had maybe this understanding about Jesus or have this idea uh, that's there about faith or about some different beliefs that I've been taught. And then something would happen and I would go and study it a little bit more or maybe there's an experience that happened that I couldn't quite fit with maybe what I thought was true or in light of that experience. And I would realize that I was in a bit of a deconstruction moment and then a reforming of what Jesus was doing inside of me. And my thinking would then start to get adjusted. My attitude would start to change. Maybe some of the behavior and actions would shift. I'm not going to lie. Those are uncomfortable moments. They stretch you. They could be challenging and disorienting and uncomfortable. I still, confession, I still get into arguments with my dear mom about different things. And she's like, well, why don't you believe that anymore? That's what we taught you as a kid. It's like, mom, I know, like, that. It's great. That was a starting point, but I've grown a bit since then, and I'm changing and learning and kind of developing in some of those things. Maybe if you've got mums, you know what that's like. And I try to explain that I'm discovering some new points in my life, and it's okay. It's part of the spiritual transformation process. We are becoming people. And so it's not a short, straight route towards transformation. It is a journey that takes a lifetime. And it's going to include a lot of whining moments along the way. Sometimes you need to go backwards in order to get eventually where you need to be. And maybe you're here today, and you're just beginning to take those first few steps in your spiritual journey. Maybe you don't know much about Jesus or about the Bible or about church, and this can feel pretty overwhelming to be in a room like this. But it's okay, because that's your starting point. We all start somewhere but you've taken a few steps, which is so amazing. Keep asking questions, keep exploring, keep discovering. And in fact, I think that's the way all of us need to be, no matter where we are on the spiritual journey, to keep asking questions. Because no matter how far down the path we've gone, we are still journeying, we are still growing, and it takes time to deepen in our faith. So let me give you two practical applications here that we can experience at 10th. So in the new year, I know it's still a long ways off, but just to put it kind of in in your mind, we are going to be running an alpha course. And the alpha course is a 10, 12-week course that begins to uh, just discover what Jesus is all about. What is faith? What is Christianity? Why do we believe the things that we believe? And so it's going to be a great time. We do it with a number of uh, the different churches and Christian clubs here on campus. And so it's a great starting point if you've got lots of questions or just beginning to learn. We also have a number of life groups that are happening on campus and just getting launched. And these small groups come and meet together to talk about faith and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And you can come together and ask questions and share experiences together, both the good ones and the struggles. And you can pray for each other and encourage each other. But it makes a significant difference when you can be in the same room as others who are also walking through spiritual transformation. And so as you can see on the screen, we have a lot of uh, groups happening this fall. We've got student groups. We've got a graduate student group, professionals and families, young professionals, connect groups, Christian clubs on campus. And so lots of different opportunities. Uh, I'm seeing a few of our life group leaders. If you are a life group leader, could I get you just quickly to stand? I know we didn't talk about this before few people around here. So first of all, uh, 
I want to say how grateful and proud that Michelle and I are of all of you, that you are investing into students and people and families and professionals here on campus, uh, that what you do does not go unnoticed. So we want to thank you guys so very, very much. So. And so please come and talk to them afterwards. Now, if you're looking here, you guys can be seated. Uh, you will notice that there are some repeat pictures. Those, that's not a mistake. That's how much some of our leaders actually love what they're doing, that they're saying, you know, we're going to launch a couple groups here today. So I know uh, Nicole, or, uh, Nicole and Bonnie are doing a women's group. Tony and Bonnie are doing a couple different groups. And so, uh, yeah, we just want to keep these groups filled and full. And uh, it's such a great way to connect. So you can please talk to them afterwards. Groups are going to fill up very quickly. I know groups are almost at capacity, so uh, talk to them after the service. But spiritual transformation takes time. You don't get there instantly. But if you keep taking steps, and if you can do it with people around you who will love you and encourage you and support you, man, it goes a long ways to experiencing this beautiful journey of transformation and growth. Okay, here's the second big idea about spiritual transformation. It looks different for each person. One size does not fit all. And so we have all different personalities and experiences and ways that we think and connect to faith and to Jesus. And we see that uniqueness and diversity all throughout the Bible. You read the Bible and you hear and read the stories of men and women who had different experiences of God, different experiences of faith, different challenges, different opportunities, different results of faith. Because no story is exactly the same. None of us have identical lives. Thank God for that. We experience spiritual transformation in different ways. Also confession. Throughout my life, I have always struggled with the idea that there is like this perfect way towards spiritual transformation. How many of us grew up hearing, well, you read your Bible more, pray more, do this, do this, do this. And that's always been, I'm going to say, uh, a bit of a struggle for me because I'm not the most disciplined and structured when it comes to stuff like that. There are some people who seem to relish that, who seem to flourish under that. My dad was one of those guys. I don't know how many times he ended up reading the Bible cover to cover, cover to cover, but he did that throughout his entire life, starting from a very young age. And when I was a kid, I would remember getting up sometimes in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, and I would be walking down the hall, and I would see this light on in the living room. And my dad would be sitting there at three or four in the morning, reading his Bible and spending time with God. And it had a huge impact on me. It was amazing to see. I will say I tried that middle of the night time, time once for myself. Nearly killed me. I thought I was going to throw up. I felt sick. It was like so early in the morning. I was like, I can't do this. This is not me. When I was starting out as a pastor, uh, I was on staff at another church, and I was required to attend early morning prayer as a staff member. And so... I would stumble my way in, somehow stumble my way through it, and then I would head home to take a nap before coming back to start my day. I was like, I can't do this. This is not me. And I've never been, quote, successful at all those things that they tell us we need to be doing. And when I have done it, I'll say this as well, it's felt more like a chore sometimes or a to-do list or a competition. So this gives you a little window into my own headspace. So... It would be like, well, last time I read through the Bible in, or read through the New Testament in 60 days. Let's see if I can do it in 30 days this time. And I turn it into a competition, which is like totally not good for spiritual transformation. I've also found in my life that familiarity breeds boredom. 
Maybe some of you have felt that before, where it's like, I've read this story like so many times. I know how it ends. I know how it all goes. I know what I'm supposed to learn from it. It feels the same as last time. It's boring. It's dry. I know you're probably shocked to hear this coming from a pastor, but you know what? We are human. We go through these as well. But here's the point. The longer that I'm on this spiritual journey, the more I realize that one size does not fit all. Because we are all different people. We connect to Jesus and to faith in different ways. We're wired differently. And over the years and through different seasons and moments of my life, because things do change as we go through life, I've had opportunity to try new things, to learn new things, to experiment a bit, to discover who I am, why I am the way that I am. And it's allowed me to connect with Jesus in new ways. And so some practical things, sometimes it's as simple as switching up a Bible translation. Because all of a sudden you're hearing it in a new language or just some new uh, ideas and things that are expressed. And sometimes that's actually jolted me out of that familiarity. I find prayer times now way more effective uh, when I'm just going for a walk very casually than sitting there quietly. Maybe you find that formal quiet time works for you and go for it. Don't be afraid, though, to make changes, to try something different, because it's part of the process of spiritual transformation. And to make it super practical here, one thing we've done this week is to add a spiritual growth resource page to our 10th UBC website. And uh, you can scan it there if you want. Uh, It's pretty basic right now, but we are going to be adding to it in the coming days. And it's certainly not prescriptive. Not saying, if you do this or, you know, do all of these things, or here's the one correct way to grow or read your Bible. And I know it sounds like a, like a uh, bit of an advertisement pitch here of, like, for all of your spiritual transformation needs, come and look, look at our resource page because side effects may include growth and increase, blah, blah, blah. Um, but kidding aside, there are some, I think, some tools here that experiment, try something. We've got courses and events that, uh, because I know you can't, you know, take enough courses, right, for your uh, reality right now, but uh, if, if you've got some time and want to take a course or event, uh, we've got different Bible reading plans. Sometimes this can just kind of begin stirring us in different ways, different prayer styles, personality tests, giftings tests. So just kind of ways to begin exploring faith and exploring who you are. At the end of the day, it's just a few tools, but maybe there's something there to take just one little step in your faith journey and transformation. So spiritual transformation looks different for each person. One size does not fit all. All right, here's the last idea I want to give about spiritual transformation. It leads us towards outward action. The Apostle Paul says it like this, your very lives are a letter that anyone can read just by looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives, and we publish it. Paul says, as followers of Jesus, our lives are being written by God's spirit within us. It is his life, his story that is shaping us and changing us from the inside out, which means our lives are visible to those people around us who are reading us like a letter, who are reading us like a book. See, spiritual transformation is not about accumulating knowledge and information. It's not just about what's going on in our own personal lives and inner lives. It's not about getting knowledge, but it is about getting changed. And because of that, it flows out of us to those people around us. 
That process from information to application is called spiritual transformation. Let me say that again. When we begin moving from information to application, we are being spiritually transformed. Christ's life and light and love getting formed and growing and developing inside of us and then spilling out to other people. Author and pastor Diana Butler Bass says that the Christian faith is a spiritual pathway, a life built on transformative practices of love rather than doctrinal belief. And again, Richard Rohr, transformed people, transform people. Transformed people end up transforming those people around them, which is so beautiful and exciting because as your life and as my life connects, and then as our lives begin connecting with those around us, we begin to form this community of spiritual transformation together. And that's a very powerful thing. So do our lives tell a story that is growing and changing and being transformed by Jesus? When our lives are being transformed and when we come together as a community of, transfer, of transformation, our lives actually become a gift to those around us. So how do we do that? Well, here are a final few ways that we can see spiritual transformation move us towards outward action. Let's start serving the needs within our UBC community. Let's start showing Jesus' love in ordinary, practical ways. I talked a couple weeks ago about the experiment. Some of you are here for that. But it begins with this question. What if we, as a 10th UBC community, launched an experiment this year? What if we, as a community, dared to take a step of faith and to show God's love to those people around us and to those that God is opening our eyes towards in the moment? It might be your roommate, might be your classmate, might be your professor, or if you're a professor, it might be one of your students or a colleague. Maybe it's your coffee barista or your restaurant server or someone that comes across your path. What if we start there? What if we start with small actions of love? What would happen as a community of spiritual transformation? And I gave this challenge that if we can keep this in mind, that to be real to be present, to keep showing up, to step into someone's story, and to keep being Jesus to those around us, what would happen? Spiritual transformation leads to outward action. Our friends at Origin Church here on campus, they run a food hub uh, at Acadia Park on Thursdays, and they are always needing volunteers to come help and serve. So let's send some people and begin meeting practical needs within our neighborhood. Tenth Church runs Oasis Cafe and Kids Cares at two of our locations, and we provide community meals for people and help them to not feel so isolated as they begin building friendships and relationships with each other. I know Peter and Rain and some others uh, go out there often and volunteer. We also walk alongside refugee families. Uh, I think currently there's about 150 people that we are working with as a church community. But what would it look like to build friendships with others, to let Jesus' love flow out of us into the lives of others? At the end of the day, our vision is to be a community of spiritual transformation. Community of spiritual transformation. 
It won't happen overnight. It's going to take time. Each of our parts and our roles will look different because we all have different giftings and passions and areas of expertise. But as we allow Jesus' love to form us and shape us from the inside out, it's going to move us into action. It's going to start spilling over into the lives of people around us. And sometimes it may not make sense. Sometimes we're going to make mistakes along the way. There's going to be times where it's going to feel like nothing is happening or growing. But as Alison Levine discovered on her mountain journey, we'll still be making progress. And we'll eventually get to where we need to be, becoming the person and the community that Jesus is inviting us to. Amen.